Hello, Dre. Hello, Peter. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm ready to be dragged through the machine. That does not sound pleasant. Are you sure? I mean, what I mean, you said depend- doesn't sound pleasant. Depends on the machine, I guess. Well, in any case, this week we're talking about Ceremonials by Florence and the Machine, released in 2011. Ooh. Standard question. What do you know about Florence and or the machine? Before I listened to this, nothing. After that, I'd heard them before. Okay. What had you heard before? I don't know. At this point, it all blurs together. It all kind I can't of... tell the difference between what I already knew and what's new to me. Okay. Well, believe it or not, I don't know hardly nothing about Florence and the machine or the machine with or without Florence. So they're they're an English band. Uh, they came together like in 2007-ish, uh, led by Florence Welch. And there are a bunch of other people in the band. And apparently they are well-liked and well-known and have, at least this album in, in particular, has sold a lot of copies. When you say a bunch, do you mean like a bunch like Thievery Corporation? So I'm looking at the members list on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And, and I know with Thievery Corporation, uh, it's basically two guys and everybody else in the band is just there to fill in like what they can't do live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure with Florence and the Machine, the bunch of people are people that actually participate in like the recording and the development oh. of the music. Oh, so I'm counting, I'm counting like on the list on Wikipedia right now and not including the people that are listed as past members. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine names. Okay. That is a bunch. But I get the impression that Florence Welch is like the driving force behind the band. Everybody else might be involved and might have big contributions, but she's like the consistent part. Uh, she is listed as uh, a writer on every single track on this album. Most tracks have co-writers listed, but she's on all of them. And of course, she's got that voice, which is pretty powerful. Yes, she does. As far as my history with this album goes, it's kind of a big, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, Before this came up, I didn't even remember that I had it. I don't remember when I bought it. I know it's on my shelf somewhere. I didn't get it like off of a digital download site. And after listening to it, I was like, okay, I know I've heard some of this before, but that's all I've really got. I don't have a lot of personal history with this one. And it's kind of unsettling in that respect. Why unsettling? It's unsettling because because I feel like I should remember something about this. I did my regular, my regular kind of listening cadence, like, like on the, the Monday, right after we recorded last time, Mm -hmm. you know, I make sure it gets on my phone so that I can listen to it in the car while I'm at work, whatever, you know, as background. And I listened to it at least two or three times over those first couple of days, straight front to back. And I honestly found that after finishing one listen, I couldn't remember what the hell I just listened to. 
I'm not alone. Usually that is not a, it happens sometimes. And that's usually not a big deal. Normally I would go back and say, okay, I will, I'll come back to this and I will make a concerted effort to listen attentively, to actively listen to this album, to be ready to write things down as they occur to me, to be focused only on this. I couldn't do it. This, <laughs> the, here's the frustrating part. I, when I listen to this album, I hear so many things that I can identify as coming from other al albums and artists that I love. <laughs> like I hear what? so many things that are really good, but when taken as a whole, I can't retain it. And I, I don't know why. Maybe you're overloaded because that's how I feel listening to it. Like I'm overloaded mm -hmm. because her voice is beautiful. The arrangements are nice and they're lovely to hear, but there's so much, so much going on. It does really turn into back like white noise in after a while. The production on this album is clearly designed to be like gothic and lush and even even over the top, like in in a positive way. But there is, you, I think you're exactly right. They, there is so much going on that you cannot pay attention to any one thing. It's really hard to get, get your hooks into it, get your teeth sunk down into there and take a big bite of it because you'll feel like you're choking. Yeah, this one is all for feels, not for focus. This is for standing in the middle of a forest and screaming at the top of your lungs. <laughs> See, I didn't go that far. I thought this would be for a festival or a giant concert venue where mm -hmm. these sounds will fill that room and probably be easier to digest than in my headphones. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I thought of when I'm on listening to this, the, like the first thing that actually stuck into my head mm -hmm. was... Florence and the Machine sound like, like an updated version of Susie and the Banshees, who are amazing, and they've done it all before. And then I was like, okay, I, I can hear influences of like um, Annie Lennox, like of the, of the Eurythmics, who also has this beautiful, wonderful voice that can do just about anything. And I was like, I can hear, I can hear strains of Kate Bush in there who is another one of my absolute favorites. And these are all British artists too. So clearly they are drawing on this whole history of great female vocalists. And they're just pouring, they're, they're, they're like taking like bits and pieces here, pouring it all in. Why would I listen to Florence and the Machine do the things that I love when the people I love doing them did it better first? for something new i don't hear a lot of real new in here and maybe there is real new stuff going on but again there's so much stuff going on that i can't pick out individual things anymore that's interesting when i listened i heard she sounds like a more powerful fiona apples what i heard okay i could hear that with this ginormous band behind her and just when you were like talking, you said Florence and the Machine is, and I wanted to say Florence and a Machine, because that's what it sounds like to me. 
you you kind of feel like she's just singing in front of like a big synthesizer pumping yes. out everything. There are robots playing all of the loud music and she's wailing over wait, it. Wait, That's wait, what... wait, wait. Robots. What if we pair her with Daft Punk? That might make you that's overload. That's overwhelming. I'll need headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you know, robots. They're they're the greatest musical robots we've got, right? I mean, I can't think of any know, others. <laughs> we know tech we know technically they're not robots. They just use a lot of machines, but we'll Close go enough. we'll go with the mythology that they choose to present. Close enough. Close enough. Yes. <laughs> okay. Florence Welch and the robots and the daft punk there we go florence and the daft daft florence daft florence yes <laughs> florence punk florence and the daft i think we have a winner there we need to get our people to reach out to all of their peoples no we don't want this to happen because i don't want that was there anything in particular that you were able to latch on to to form like like a, a track that actually stood out more than anything else? I had a couple that I liked when I was playing it on repeat that I kept pinging on. So the first one was What the Water Gave Me, mm -hmm. number three. That one I really liked, but it's just I liked the sounds. Again, it wasn't about what she was saying because I couldn't really focus on the words. It was just the sound, and it wasn't as overpowering as the other songs. And then the other one was Seven Devils. Mm -hmm. I liked that it. it was a little slower, I guess, than the other ones, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I also liked that she was singing a little bit less oomph on Breaking Down. Mm -hmm. I wrote down that one, sound, her voice was softer, so it was a nice change. For so she was pulling back a little bit that allowed yeah. everything else to breathe, maybe? Yeah, because otherwise it just feels like she's willing on all the songs mm -hmm. at some point. But that one didn't really have it. So I, I enjoyed it. It was a nice little break. The only track on this that really stood out mm -hmm. to me is probably Shake It Out, the second track. I might have heard that song before this. But again, after listening to the album, I can't really remember which ones I heard before and which ones I didn't. Because I wrote that down, and I'm like, I don't know. This sounds very familiar, but it's already after I listened to this a few times, so I might have just been recognizing it from my listens. I don't know. Just the just the U.S. weekly charts that it charted on <clears throat> the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, the Adult Alternative Songs, the Adult Top 40, the Alternative Airplay, the Dance Club Songs, and the U.S. Hot Rock and Alternative Songs, and most of those are. Well, they're all billboard charts. There are what? other companies that do charts, but why do we need all of those? Well, there is an argument to be made that by that by segmenting the charts like that, it allows things that wouldn't necessarily get recognized in a larger general chart to come up to the surface. If you if you eliminate like the like the Latin charts in the u.s and just said well you got to fight it out with all of the other music being released there probably wouldn't be that many songs that got recognized in True. those genres like it makes sense to maintain different charts but sometimes it seems stupid too i did come up with a different comparison when i was Ooh. thinking of the if you know if all these other artists already did this kind of stuff before why would i listen to florence 
mm-hmm. kind of. And the comparison I could come up with was uh, Greta Van Fleet, but Greta Van Fleet is a is a rock band, and their whole shtick is that they sound an awful lot like Led Zeppelin, and the whole knock on them has always been, well, they're basically a Led Zeppelin cover band that plays original songs instead of covers. And they're all very talented musicians, but a lot of people are just left left feeling, well, why would I listen to Greta Van Fleet when I can just go listen to Led Zeppelin? I don't know. I like listening to artists that are very similar just for the sole purpose of pointing, figuring out their differences and appreciating those, even if they're small. And I'm not going to deny that that these people that Florence Welch and everybody else in that band that participate in this recording, both as, as a musician or as a producer or as a songwriter, they are clearly all very talented and they clearly have some strong influences. I really wish I could remember more about this album because after, <laughs> after getting through it, probably combined seven or eight times through the week, I am frustrated that I can't remember more of it. And it's not just a, Peter, you're having a stressful week. <laughs> that happens enough that I don't think that's. Well, maybe this one just isn't like sinking into your brain in that way. And it's not supposed to. Maybe I... it's supposed to just leave nice sounds in your head. Because when I'm trying to remember it, I just hear the sound, like the pitches and the notes. Maybe right. not even all together, but just the parts of the songs that jumped out. Yeah, I mean, Usually her I can... voice. I can hear parts of it, and it's always the parts, and maybe that's all of it, but the parts that are trying to sound super epic. That's how they get earwormy right there. Well, the problem with being earwormy on that level is that it it's like all abstracted. Give me an earworm that I can recognize where it comes from, like on a per song basis at least, because right now this is like, you know, some soaring chords and some major belting that is very indistinct that makes for good background music or soundtrack music in your head when you're doing stuff i mean i like that kind of stuff so so maybe what i need to do is i need to start playing legend of zelda breath of the wild and put this on in the background make it the soundtrack to to that game do it and let me know and then I'll have a point of reference where then every time I pick up that game, this this music will come on into my head. And then it has served and then purpose. Maybe yes. And then maybe I'll maybe I'll hear it in a different light. Maybe. I, I gotta admit, I, I went to all music to to look up some information on this. And I looked at their rating and it's five stars out of five. I'm like, okay, I don't always agree with them and i looked at the user ratings which are like compiled over and it's got like 1400 plus ratings and it averages out to like four and a half stars and i got it and i really gotta admit i looked at those i'm like what am i missing well maybe it's like one of those things you know the music they play at dentist's office and doctor's office in the background the xm radio whatever (laughs) and they play those top songs that everybody supposedly loves you'd be like i don't know who loves these songs maybe that's this music Maybe. That gets all these shining reviews, but you can't figure out where they came from, but you hear it everywhere. And that's why we can recognize it, but don't know what's going on because it's just background noise. <laughs> or maybe it's just not for me. Maybe not. Are we ready for, for ratings? 
oh man, I am really tired. I did not think that far, but I am because I'm just going to go with my gut right now. And I'm going to say this is a, ooh, I backed off. (laughs) (laughs) What were you about to say? Seven, six. Seven, six? Yeah. Like you couldn't decide between seven or six? I can't because I like it. I think the best I can say is that I don't dislike it. I like this is good outside music. Okay, I'm. I'll give it a, a straight six. That's As, low. You've been. You, that's a low drop for you there. Well, six is my is my lowest positive. <laughs> my lowest positive. I can't give it a five if I'm like I don't dislike it. Yes, you can, because you no. don't like it either. I like a lot of the influences they're drawing from. I just wish there was more for me to grab onto. Well, that's fair. So I think I'm okay giving this a six. So are you giving it that seven then? Yeah, I'll give it the seven. Okay. Because I'll be listening to it. I'm going to go back through it again and some more stuff. Because when I mentioned this to people, they were like, that's a good group. All their stuff since then has passed me by. I'm wondering if they've maybe gotten a little more cohesive, maybe a little less indistinct since then. Let me enjoy it a little bit more. Like, it's aggressively indistinct sometimes. Like, they just put up this big wall of sound. So but it's a loving, it's a sweet, loving wall of sound, though. Yes. Allow the wall to love you. You ready to, for what's coming next? I'm ready as I will ever be. Hey, Google, give me a number between 1 and 2,101. Here's a random number, 2000. All righty. We have a compilation album called Punk Goes 80s. (laughs) You sound so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I can feel it in my stomach. And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music. It's been good to you.